This is Robotic Disclosure, the program that reveals everything you want to know about robotic surgery, robotic technology, and how to run a best practice robotic program for your hospital, your surgeons, and your patients. And now, here's your host, Josh Feldstein. Our next guest on Robotic Disclosure is Jim Flickema, Vice President of Market Development at Munson Healthcare Otsego Memorial Hospital in Gaylord, Michigan. Munson Healthcare is uh, Northern Michigan's largest and leading healthcare system. We're really happy to have Jim with us. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for joining. Good morning, Josh. I'm glad to be here. Good to talk to you. Well, it's good to have you on the program. We've been talking about this for some time, and I think the key question that we want to jump in uh, right off the bat is a rural hospital like Otsego Memorial uh, in what is known as the northern lower peninsula of Michigan. Tell us a little bit about the region uh, uh, of the uh, state that you guys are uh, established in uh, and tell us why uh, a small rural hospital like Otsego had interest in developing a robotic program in the first place? This is a really, really interesting question. Sure. Um, Otsego Memorial, Munson Healthcare Otsego Memorial Hospital is located in a rural community on I-75 near the tip of the mitt of the Lower Peninsula of Michigan. So we're near the Mackinac Bridge. It's a big resort area, uh, not a ton of population around, and I'll go into the details of that in a moment. Probably the largest city close to us is about 62 miles away, and that's Traverse City, Michigan, on Lake Michigan to the west of us. Uh, we have Petoskey nearby, another community, and then Alpena to the east is another community that folks may uh, recognize if they've been to this part of Michigan. So we're a rural uh, hospital community located uh, in, and as I said, 46 acute care beds, large established primary care base uh, with some selected specialties that are offered here. Majority of our providers, the vast majority of our providers are employed by the hospital's medical group and have been for several years. Approximately the population of our primary market area is about 45,000 folks, and our extended market area is about another 45,000. And again, it's a resort area, so the population swings up pretty high in the summer, and then those folks head back south. Um, we've always been a large provider of outpatient surgical procedures here, and, and to some extent, minimally invasive outpatient procedures. So looking at the competition, trying to discern what the future of healthcare uh, is going to be and how it affects a small hospital such as Otsego, and looking to better serve our patients, we began to explore uh, looking at robotic surgery as an additional service to augment our large outpatient surgical services program. Um, with the support of a tertiary hospital, and that being Munson Healthcare in our region uh, that we are affiliated with, we had uh, that has an exist at ha that time had an existing robotic program. We began to explore this option in earnest in 2015. So it was really a strategic initiative of Otsego all along, but really we got our uh, arms around it in 2015. Uh, we had strong, strong support from our surgeons, from our surgical staff, from administration, from our board of directors to take a look at this. Uh, the economic feasibility study and support we received from Kava was a huge positive. We couldn't have done it without, without that help and support as we move forward. We also realized that for OMH to be successful in recruiting future surgeons, since most surgeons nowadays are you know, being robotically trained in their academic centers and in their residency, uh, we would have to try and see if 
feasibility worked out, that's how we would be able to recruit surgeons for our future, and that would be uh, imperative. Surgeons want to continue to use those skills, of course, and they're very surprised sometimes when they come and visit us or interview with us that we have the capability here, and it certainly is a positive. So for our success, future success, physician and surgical recruitment is key to keeping uh, that going, and a successful robotic program certainly, certainly helps uh, do that as well is on the marketing side, which is part of my world here, is to help us expand our market share. Well, it sounds like you've applied really big system thinking to uh, the rural, smaller hospital environment. And you guys, I know, because obviously we had an opportunity to work together very, very closely on all of this, have done an, a, really an amazing job. And, uh, you know, we say that uh, from, the, from the perspective of uh, a tremendous amount of respect and, and admiration for the hard work and diligence that uh, your team has put in. I think it would be very helpful to our listeners who are thinking about starting a robotic program, Jim. Uh, and who may be in a market that is uh, either a secondary market or, you know, in your case, uh, it's a rural market with not a lot of of population. Uh, If you could describe the first year of your robotic program uh, launch, uh, what it took uh, to uh, align the critical components with regard to surgeon training or crew training, uh, program planning, administrative support, uh, give us a picture, draw us a sketch of that first year at Otsego and what it led up to prior to and then uh, uh, following the launch of your robotic program. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. It was very exciting in that first year, very, very busy. You know, certainly we started out uh, working with our partners, Kava and Munson Healthcare, to uh, do that feasibility study to see if the numbers would really work. And, uh, you know, we kind of thought we were a very busy outpatient surgical center, very busy with general surgery, hysterectomies, and, and a potential for urology. So we, we thought they would go pretty good. But, again, you gotta you got to do the homework, which we did, uh, with some help, and, and do the analysis. And then uh, we started moving forward. Um, once we got that go-ahead, and then, you know, you start purchasing the equipment, the robot, and, and so forth, and then you start looking to the key component of, of training the staff, getting them competent, getting them uh, up and ready, and getting processes in place to best practices, as, as it will, to have a successful program. We did not want to um, have this fail on us by any means. So we wanted to build a program right, the right way from the start, uh, using proven and evidence-based practices uh, and embed them in our program. That was a key thing. Surgeon training involved hands-on training, observation, simulation with successful proctoring experience performing, before performing solo. Um, so similar to the surgical staff, our, our OR staff also had a robust training period, competency, uh, competency program that was uh, uh, monitored very closely and, and has been tweaked along the way. Credentialing of the staff was very important for us because we had nobody doing these types of procedures here, so we really wanted to make uh, that as robust as possible. We just didn't want anybody saying, hey, I want to come in here and run the robot. That would have been totally outside our parameters and standards for the program. So credentialing is very, very important to us. Uh, administrative planning was keyed up, marketing, uh, strategizing of the program was intense. And again, emphasis on best practices were key to our success in the rollout of the program in May of 2017. It was a very intense period uh, to make sure everybody was 
ready to go and everybody had been trained. Uh, we had strong support and guidance from administration and surgeons and the board and even the community. Uh, they just said, once we got the green light and everybody was trained, let's, let's get this baby going. Mm-hmm. Well, you, a couple of uh, numbers that I think would be fascinating for people to hear. In your first 12 months, how many cases did you guys do? And I know you were, you're just running on an SI. Uh, how many cases robotically did you perform in the first year, Jim? Yeah, so in the very first year of 2017, which was a partial year, we did 118 cases. The second year, 2019, the full calendar year, we did 252 cases. Uh, So far this year, uh, and these numbers may be a month or so behind, we're at about 169. We're on a run rate, 169 cases, I think, to date. That might be through uh, August. We're on a run rate to do 250 cases this year as well. So, I mean, at the end of this year, calendar year, we since inception, we could be north of 600 and 625 cases. Well, to be able to do in your first year, I believe, the first 12 months, you guys were over 200, closing in on 250 cases. Very, very impressive work. And, and what really comes through in your description is the word quality, uh, that Otsego was focused intensely on quality, and that quality applied to training, it applied to governance, it applied to community support. Uh, you guys were obviously running your uh, program based upon uh, an infusion of data. I, I know that the uh, the reporting that we were providing you guys was, was helpful, but you used it and you had monthly meetings. Maybe you could describe a little bit from the insider's perspective, what did it take to get your monthly governance meetings rolling? Who attended it? What was the, the kind of attitude, the esprit de corps uh, that, that you experienced during this time? Yeah, we believed, as, as it was pointed out to us, and again, we want to set up best practices, that a strong, active, engaged governance committee with oversight of the robotic program, every aspect, soup to nuts, was very, very important. And we had developed a very strong and engaged uh, committee. It was made up of senior administration, our, our, our robotic surgeons, and other surgeons were invited as well. OR leadership certainly was there, anesthesia, finance, planning, and most importantly, I think from our perspective, uh, because they were so important to the program, our OR staff uh, could attend, circulating nurses, OR techs, our robotics coordinator, all very, very important people uh, in our group and very, very important voices to hear. Um, credentialing was, again, as I said before, is, it was very, very tight here. We want to make sure that that was locked down. Uh, sticking, sticking to a standardized approach to all robotic surgery is key. I mean, there's no opportunity. There really shouldn't be any opportunity for freelancing or taking shortcuts. That's going to cause all kinds of variables and it it causes problems. We've seen it in other studies of robotics programs that have not been successful. So we really wanted to keep uh, everybody on the straight and narrow. Supply costs were a focus. Room turnover, big focus. All the time in the OR, other aspects that must be standardized to keep us on track. That governance committee focused on that and looked at that data every month. Number of cases performed were, you know, things that we were, you know, focusing on. Obviously, the longer the robot sits around without doing anything, it's it's kind of waste of money. Readmissions was a key focus, certainly for a program just starting out, you know, because we've got doctors that were surgeons that were on a learning curve and had been proctored and been signed off to go, but they're still learning as they're going. And again, readmissions and their technique, their time was 
improving every single time uh, we would take a close look at that data, and that's exactly what we wanted to see. We discussed cases. We reviewed, reviewed cases with a group. We reviewed troublesome cases with a group. So our governance committee meets monthly. You know, we, I'll say that in a general sense. We probably meet 10 times out of the year. We do take a couple of months off every now and then due to scheduling. Attendance is expected of that team, and it has been very good. Um, there's also OR quality a subcommittee of that group, and it's part of a larger OR quality group. But again, this part uh, group will focus on the robotic quality, and they'll report back. Uh, there's an OR team that reports on the procedures. Uh, the procedural things, and we've got a construction project going on, so that becomes part of the topics as well. How are we doing with the construction? This OR is shut down, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a very engaged group. It's fun. Uh, everybody participates. Minutes are taken and reviewed. A lot of good thinking comes out of that group. You guys take this really seriously. And I, again, when I hear you describe this, Jim, what I hear is big system thinking applied at the local level. Uh, and I would say that many large hospital systems listening to this, administrators from, from uh, a C-suite, would have to be very impressed uh, because uh, what you are doing is uh, best practice in, in action across the board. Uh, and you've developed a culture that really supports quality and uh, a perseverance and determination. But you guys ultimately have a vision. And that vision is to t put together a, a fabulous robotic program, and you have succeeded at that. And let me ask you uh, a, a, a kind of a, a flip around on this. If you had to do this again, what, if anything, would you do differently? If we had to do it again, I, I think um, my, my first answer is it's not a flippant answer. It's just I think we would have started sooner. I mean, not that we would have shortcut any of the process, but we probably should have been having this discussion earlier in 2015 um, and then moved it, and maybe our, our start date would have been say, you know, later in 2016 or mid-2016, I think we could, have, we could have done that. But again, not shortchanging any of the ramp-up. That, that time was well spent and procedures uh, well done. Um, A follow-up on that, Jim, would be how much lead time do you think is adequate to prepare pre-launch for a program? Well, in our experience, we started having serious discussions about, you know, vendor selection and robotic selection and a, and a consultant selection in May of 2016. In May of 2017, we launched our first case. So a good chunk of that first 12 months was data gathering, data analysis, a feasibility study, really asking tough questions like, do we really want, you know, do we really want to do this? Are we really capable of doing this? Do we have the capacity, the bandwidth to do this? And then once you crunch the numbers down and you do the analysis, you, you know, you, you got to talk about that some more. It's, it's, it's a system in a hospital. You got to figure it out. And then what we did about October of that year, we got the go ahead from the board. Uh, we were satisfied with the numbers. The business planning looked good. Uh, we got the go-ahead. And then in November 30th of 2016, we took delivery of, of the robot. Now, we didn't do a case for another five months. But once we had the robot, we had the demo, we had the simulation uh, for uh, training, 
on board and in the hospital. Uh, then we started sending staff in January of 2017, December of 2016, started sending staff, staff off-site and starting to map out their planning uh, and planning their training. Uh, first the surgeons, getting them where they needed to go, and then also the staff and, and coming up with a robotic coordinator, which I think is a key person uh, in our situation, and I think in other, other situations too for robotics, somebody that's that point person in the OR. Uh, we identified somebody right up off, off the top, and then that was very helpful. So again, all that stuff led up to May 17th of 17 when we did the first case. There were proctoring um, exercises involved. We made sure people were signed off, and then we went to credentials, and everything was good. And then we were set to go, got our first patient, and we were launched you guys are you guys are serious fabulous thank you for the uh, for the summary uh, i'd like to conclude our discussion with a question about the vision of where robotic surgery fits into all of minimally invasive surgery and surgery itself you guys have obviously invested heavily in robotics jim at otsego and you believe in it passionately and you committed to quality uh give us your take on the role of robotic surgery relative to the future of surgery generally and uh, where you think this is all going to be going in the next decade? Well, in my, my opinion, I, I think it obviously minimally invasive surgery is going to be the way it's going to really take over. I mean, we're trying to keep people out of the hospital. We're trying to get these folks out with minimal collateral damage, if you will, for whatever procedure they're having and, and just talking about general surgery as an example. You know, get these people back out and with their lives very, very quickly and not this extended hospital stay. You know, the longer you stay in any hospital, the, the chances of bad things happening, infections and other complications tend to rise. So if we can do the quality and the quickness and the precision up front robotically in the OR and get these people out the same day, certainly there's some follow-up. But I certainly think that's the way, the way of the future. And as far as a rural perspective, you know, You've got a lot of big guns and some big hospitals and big cities and big academic centers, but there's a lot of folks out in rural areas that are going to need to have access to that technology as well with the same outcomes and the same benefits. Um, so there's got to be a way to provide this in a rural community. Is there a cutoff of what size hospital or community? I don't know, but uh, again, we were able to do it, and there were some skeptics here as well. Uh, in a small area. And granted, we had help, but everybody should have help when they're rolling this out for the first time. So I think there's a bright future for robotics. I think it's, it is going to be the way to go. And that's where all our surgeons are being trained. They're being trained on this new technology, uh, whether it's a Da Vinci or other, other brands, or whether it's in orthopedics with their robotics, there's you know, navigation for sinus and uh, ear, nose, and throat surgery. I mean, this stuff is moving down the line where it is going to be robotically assisted and, uh, in more cases than not. Jim, what things would you say to administrators of a rural hospital considering the launch of a robotic program? I would say these things. I'd say do not rush this process. Do your homework first. Uh, do your feasibility study. Get some help. Talk with an expert to help you bring this online. We always talk about no dabblers, no low-volume surgeries for that matter, no, no low-volume staff members for that matter. Install a strong governance oversight of the program. Stick to the structure for success. Watch for drift away from the original expectations for standardization of the robotics program. Fantastic. Thank you. Jim, that was great. 
Is there anything you wanted to uh, to mention that we didn't touch on? You were you were a man on a mission today. If somebody is interested in exploring our robotic surgery program at Munson Healthcare Otsego Memorial Hospital, please contact Jim Flickema. And my phone number into the office is area code 989-731-6755. My email address is jflickema at mhc.net. We've been speaking today with Jim Flickema, the Vice President of Market Development at Otsego Memorial Hospital, part of the Munson Healthcare System in Michigan. You've been listening to Robotic Disclosure. Robotic Disclosure is produced by Kava Robotics International, helping hospitals create profitable, high-quality, best-practice robotic programs in the U.S. and around the world since 2011. Visit kava-robotics.com.